Okay, we're recording. So this is a amateur recording, uh, basically a storytelling of our experience buying a home for the first time with both of us in our 40s, which I think on a national level in the United States is a fairly unique experience. I think most people probably buy a house when they're a lot younger, but we didn't do that. So that's a long introduction into a thrown together idea of making a recording slash podcast of our experience buying a home. My name is Nicholas and I'm here with my wife, Laura. Hello. Hello. I'm also going to say buying question mark. That remains to be seen. We are searching for a home. We'll see. It's a good point. We'll see. It's an arduous process. Which we intend to discuss uh, in some detail uh, week by week uh, what we are discovering to be part of the process. And to give a little background, in a relatively pricey real estate market. We're not an average situation in that most of the houses, all of the houses are <laughs> over $800,000. All of the houses are over a million dollars, let's be real, for livable houses. We are we are in a zone of the country. We can say where we are, right? Mm-hmm. We are in Los Angeles, so we're in top, what, three most expensive places to live in the U.S. And we're close to the beach. Mm-hmm. So naturally, anything close to the beach is going to be pricier. Uh, we're looking for three bedrooms, maybe four bedrooms. And when we first started this, we kind of thought it was going to be a townhouse. And now it's slowly turning into maybe a single family or maybe a townhouse that blows our minds but we're we'll, we'll, we'll get into that and forgive mm-hmm. us for being a little bit uh slow on our feet because this is not anything that we have planned this is simply hopefully no more than 30 minutes of storytelling of what's happened to us over the past week so we've been renting our entire adult lives obviously this is our first time buying and we're in our 40s renting has been how would you describe comfortable very i think we so a little about us i guess right we are we met when we were in our late 20s mid to late 20s we are in as we said la area expensive everything we um never had any real designs to buy a home didn't wasn't important wasn't important we've lived where we wanted to live we've lived by the beach we've lived in Hollywood we've kind of done what we wanted to do we both work in sort of freelance occupations Nicholas is in the entertainment industry everything is very up and down not reliable so the renting situation seems always very comfortable because there's an easy exit latch at all times so if something went wrong with a job, one of us was out of work, et cetera, no big deal. 
we could either be fine because we had a little bit of a lower um, payment level as renters. And also, if something went really, really wrong and we were really, really upside down, we could always... Skip town. Yeah. The end. Move to Oklahoma. Wherever, wherever. I've always felt that way. I've always felt mm-hmm. like renting, one, it gives you less of a headache when it comes to stuff going on in your house. It's what you're paying for. Yeah. Something goes wrong, you just call somebody else and they fix it and it's call no skin Raul. off your back. Done. Or if you see a crack in the wall, yeah. meh, you just let it go and pretend yeah. like uh, someday you're going to move and it's no big deal. Yeah. If you're owning, obviously you're com- your perspective is completely different. And I've been really kind of cool with that perspective and i've always are we commitment phobes sure (laughs) yeah i think that's true i mean i think with housing yeah we've been no because when you look at the when you look at the numbers it makes a whole lot more sense to buy something as soon as you possibly can i think that's how most people operate yeah which reminds me, when we moved into our current place, which we've been in for eight years now, the real estate agent that leased it to us said, oh, you guys should be buying a home. And we were like, mm, not interested. Also, it's always just seemed impossible to me. Like, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, buying a house has always seemed like something that was not something that I could be capable of doing. That's just always how I've kind of viewed it is like it's something that other people do and I'm cool renting and I'll, you know, be in a, you know, 22 year old's mindset for the rest of my life. Yeah. I was going to ask, is that because you're Peter Pan? Is that because you're in Los Angeles? Where's, where's that coming from? It's a combination of both. Mm-hmm. I mean, Los, cause Los Angeles is insane. I remember mm-hmm. when I first moved to LA in the Valley and I would see a beater upper fixer upper of a house for half a million dollars. And I was like, Oh no, <laughs> That is not a game I am interested in playing. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, the the total always kind of sounded so out of reach compared to my means that it never even seemed worth even entertaining. Mm-hmm. And so we've lived very comfortably uh, walking distance to the beach for the last 15 years as a couple. And uh, now are so tied into that lifestyle and ability that basically we only want to find a place that has that kind of access, which brings us to what we were saying earlier is we're in a very expensive place to buy a home. Very expensive. So um, I've toyed with the idea. I've looked around. I've seen prices of homes and lately i was thinking what if we talked to somebody that knew what they were talking about and had gave them the opportunity to tell us that we're crazy that's where this all started for me as i said i'd like to talk to somebody knowledgeable in finance to look at everything that we're sitting on because we've just been saving money really i mean we we don't really think about it. We spend money on what we can afford and we seem to be pretty comfortable. And so we have saved money and I thought that it would be nice to hear someone tell me that I can't buy one of these homes 
in this area. And so I brought that up to Laura and she dismissed it almost immediately. And I'd be curious to hear your thoughts about the original idea that came up about less than two weeks ago. Um, I don't even remember that conversation specifically, but I probably thought you were joking. <laughs> yeah. Because that has been so far from our minds the entire time we've known each other. But that's sort of, that's sort of sometimes how Nicholas operates. He's not in his mind, not in his mind, not on that page, not thinking about it. Oh, let's buy a house and we're going to buy it tomorrow. So yeah, I can't explain not out that. of character, but I think, I think I probably thought you weren't very serious and it was out of left field. It was not something we'd been talking about. It was not something we'd been saving for or working toward or read about or even Googled one single time. How do you go about buying a home in Los Angeles? We had no idea. It was just all of a sudden, oh, okay, let's think about this. Not even let's think about this. We sh- It was... More than that, I think. Maybe we should buy a home. Yeah, let's just do it. Yeah. So Laura reached out to a friend who recommended a... I didn't even know what she was. Apparently, she's a mortgage lender. Broker. Mm -hmm. I just thought she was like a person that knew about finances Mm -hmm. or investments or something. Uh, So kind of completely blind. Emailed her. Of course, heard back right away. One thing about the real estate business that I've learned right off the bat, which is not a surprise, something I knew anyway, because there have been like the errant kind of, oh, let's see if we can go look at this house, click on a Zillow or something. And you hear back very quickly from lots of people. So the customer service in the real estate industry is second to none. (laughs) True. The attention that you get uh, is fantastic. Mm Kind of like insurance. Mm Mm-hmm. I always find that the people that sell insurance are just so great. And then anytime you try to <laughs> cash in on what they're selling is when the, the business completely flips. So we'll see if there's a dark side of the real estate industry. But no. going in, it's quite nice. Oh, uh, no. And everybody's very pleasant and everybody's happy to help. And so Stephanie was one of those people and really was. like. And, and I'm not finding pushy people. Like I'm finding people that tend to be pretty realistic I think that they have as much to lose probably as you do when it comes to, you know, being honest about what one can afford. Um, They don't seem to be people that are interested in pushing you into something that's just going to be a complete bust. Disaster for anyone, yeah. So Stephanie basically immediately said, yes, this is something you can do, even before she saw any numbers. And uh, I guess she was saying just in general, of course you can do it because everybody that comes into it thinks that they can't, I would imagine, in this Around here, yeah. city. Mm-hmm. So she calls the next morning. I sent the email late at night on a Monday or something. She calls the next day and we talk through a little bit about what our finances are. She has us fill out an application then she sends back a bunch of scenarios with how much we can afford to put down and uh, what our monthly payment will be, which is currently twice our rental, which on the national scale is substantial for the space. Mm-hmm. But we're used to it because it's Los Angeles. 
So when we look at these numbers and we start looking at our income, even though it's not guaranteed, like we said, we're freelancers in the entertainment industry, although my entire adult life I have been one I've been able to manage. So I like to think that I will always figure out a way to manage. And it all of a sudden seems possible. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that was kind of when you shifted because you started out very skeptical and then the call with Stephanie happened and now all of a sudden you became on board. So I'm curious what went through your mind once you saw things in black and white. Yeah. So number one, I think I saw that you were actually serious and you weren't having any anxiety attacks or running away. panting having the conversations so that was a good sign um and then yeah once I I mean that was it once I saw it in black and white I was like what are we doing not doing this right now really it make it does make sense people have been telling us this um you know there's a there's the scariness in my mind is definitely related to our careers I we have two little boys I stopped working full-time when we had them so I'm on a consulting basis in the PR industry and again just as Nicholas has have been making that work for a long time and it's been productive and profitable but you know if my work completely evaporates and Nicholas is continuing as he is we're still fine in our current situation so we just have the ultimate flexibility so that's the the big shift for me is Stepping it up means that we are both locked into needing to be at a certain level. And that's that's the thing that's a little bit hard. But I also, at the same time, looking back at our track records over the past decades, we've done it without needing to do it. So hopefully it is the same story if we actually do need to do it. Yeah. I mean, what's the fear? Is that you're going to be homeless or you're going to mm-hmm. have to move in with your parents I think there is a fear of general life that everyone has to live with and we've all become used to it. And I think homeownership is one of those things that makes it feel more real, but it's really not all that different. There's always pressure, especially when you have kids. We've got two kids and we can't afford to move in with parents. We can't afford to be homeless. And I think you know, given our, how we've established ourselves in our careers to this point, I think that it's something that we can fairly rely on. I mean, anything can happen, but I think we can rely on ourselves to have enough moxie to make something happen if we need to. And honestly, we have to. So adding a house is just one more thing, but, you know, currently we have rent and we have other bills and we have other things. And I I think, you know, as long as we can do the math and see that it's manageable, I think we can do it. So, you know, to to get to the the point of this podcast or recording or whatever you want to call it, which is obviously very rambly, um, (laughs) is, you know, we're doing this in our 40s for the first time. I'm curious if other people would relate to that experience. My guess is they would probably be in cities. Mm -hmm. I think most people in... uh, reasonable parts of the country when it comes to the real estate market probably do it a lot earlier and it seems a lot less daunting um but when you're talking about north of three quarters of a million dollars um 
you know, that always just seems so out of reach. And maybe I'm just Wait, dumb. Where are we moving for three quarters of a million dollars? Because that's not listing. Well, I'm, no, I'm just I'm saying. Seeing. I'm just saying in, in general. In general. Okay. All right. I mean, I, you know, you you go to normal, normal parts of the country, three quarters of a million dollars isn't even a, an option. Mm-hmm. You know, it's two fifty, three hundred, maybe yeah. half a million for a dope spot, but like in a city like Los Angeles. New York, San Francisco, wherever. The numbers just the baseline number is really high and mm-hmm. it's scary until you're in your 30s. Maybe if you're lucky or in your 40s like us and now all of a sudden we're doing this and it's such an Im- kind of impactful experience that we decided to record our experience and I, and I think it's good that we're recording our thoughts as we go through it because this is you know, I don't I have no thoughts about anybody listening to this but it is kind of potentially a good form of therapy as we go through it <laughs> which we need so we left off at stephanie stephanie kind of broke it down in numbers and then stephanie recommended a real estate uh agent who was also recommended by a friend it's all a very tight circle the friend recommended both stephanie and the real estate person no surprise that stephanie knew this real estate person kim and would I have, this is how dumb I am when it comes to real estate, is I didn't know that the same people sell houses and buy houses. If you're a real estate agent, you're juggling people selling and people buying all at the same time. It kind of seems like two different things to me. Well, they don't all. Well, that's what she does. Yeah. But some just buy, some just sell. So we happen to have one that does both. Okay. Well, yeah. there you go. I didn't they can't know have that. specialties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, P.S. Did we mention we know nothing? We are at Dummies 101 level of home buying. Zero. We like we didn't even like literally we didn't even internet search. We don't, we do not know what we're doing. So let's. That's what makes there. this so much fun mm-hmm. for people that know what they're doing to listen to <laughs> buffoons kind of I, struggle their way through knowing nothing. I have to assume if you're a real estate agent and you get that email from an <clears throat> inquisitive first time home buyer you're like oh no what are you talking about do fish in a barrel another, do i want another one of those i i don't know i feel like it's a lot of agony i feel like she's already been our therapist i don't know yeah well i'm sure they're used yeah. to that I, I know but is that the client you want no you probably want like the second time or third time home buyer who like knows what the f is going on yeah but i think that's a, just a big part of the game anyway i mean imagine you know they make especially in this market they make so much money on their commission that it's worth mm-hmm. putting in a week's worth of work to make baseline what 30 grand mm-hmm. i don't know i feel like as a first-time buyer it's gonna be many more weeks but that. that's fine i mean like she's really what seeing us yeah two hours a week that's true at that's most a good point that is an expensive hourly rate if you look at it yeah true true so yeah so kim um does get that email of hey we don't know what we're doing we want to work with you (laughs) and i from what i know of like i was saying before about the customer service i think that's like fantastic someone's coming to you you don't have to do any selling Mm -hmm. you don't have to sell yourself you don't have to cold call you don't have to convince somebody to work with you if someone wants to work with you 
I feel like that's... She was all about it. She's like, it's Saturday morning. Can you Zoom today? We were like, yes, we can. Yeah, let's Zoom right now. And then while we talk, she's like, let's look at some homes today. But Kim has been quite um, open and friendly. And she did start off with kind of all the hard news in a meeting via Zoom, because this is happening during COVID. Uh, We didn't go into her office. We met her on the computer and... She kind of went through, I mean, the the basics, which is, you know, all of the home inspections that you're going to need, how the bidding process works, how the counter offers work, closing costs. Um, what other buzzwords did we learn during Escrow that meeting? And all the bad mm-hmm. things that can happen during that time period. Mm-hmm. And uh, appraisals. So, appraisals, right. Appraisals. If the house appraises for less than what you're paying, you have to pay Are the overage the in cash which could be a whole lot of money at the price point we're talking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, so she goes through all the nitty gritty and then we get into looking around and we had filled out a questionnaire for her, which took a little time and she was able to pull up some listings that seemed to be good fits. And we picked out six and we looked at six in the first two days. Mm-hmm. And we saw everything from a complete fixer upper to a house that seemed like something we would never expect to see in our in in, in our budget, and so really it was a, a pretty great uh, spread. Mm-hmm. Um, there were townhouses, there were single family homes, like I said, fixer upper and a home run, and we. Um, Went with the boys. The boys are learning how to be respectful during a home visit, particularly when there's a vacancy. Um, what we learned, I think, from this experience was we are not interested in a fixer-upper. We are not fixer-upper people. We're looking for something that's pretty much done. I think we would take something that needs a little bit of work, like mm-hmm. new carpeting or something, but we're not going to tear down walls. We are not overhauling. Yeah. No, we're not mm-hmm. Jeremy Renner. Mm-mm. And uh, so... We found a townhouse that's roughly the size. We're living in a townhouse now that we're renting, and it's roughly the size, felt about the same, definitely upgraded with some extra space, like an extra office, three bedrooms, one extra office, one extra playroom, a little bit of balcony space, no yard, close to the beach, which is really kind of mimicked the situation that we have now. It's very enticing. And this thing was... uh, $1.1 million. Then we also saw a house that we, we could, we could call the, the, we'll call the townhouse, the townhouse, and we'll call the house, the tile house. (laughs) This house was, we came to find out with a little bit of research that it was, it's owned by uh, the person who owns a tile company. And it was like, they turned their house into a showroom, but beautifully. Mm -hmm. Um, tile everywhere, beautiful, beautiful backyard. Mm, and it's making me a little sad talking it, about it. <laughs> it being tile, obviously or relatively low maintenance. This wasn't like a bunch of, t- mm-hmm. it wasn't a bunch of vegetation. It was all stone. But there were beautiful citrus trees and layers and little nooks and crannies to get lost in and a little area for a wine. I, I mean, good yeah yeah there was like a what do you call it a trellis yep a trellis 
room for a basketball. Built-in barbecue. Roof overhead. Yeah, shade in the back. I mean, just tons of space. And the interior is really, really nice. Four bedrooms. And, you know, spitting distance from the beach, biking distance from the beach. Um, and was like, oh, I didn't know that this we was going to be something we were going to we look at. We could live here? What? Yeah. The difference between the townhouse and this house is the cost of a normal house. Mm-hmm. However, when you're, you know, it's like um, I was saying before, like when you talk about billions and you say that, you know, Elon Musk went from 82 billion to 84 billion because those numbers are so close, you forget that the difference or the delta of those is $2 billion. <laughs> and that's the kind of area where we're at with this housing market. It's like, oh, 1.1 or 1.3. Oh, the difference is $200,000, <laughs> which can buy you a house in a lot, in of, a places. lot of places. Yeah. So this place was 1.25. So it was only $150,000 more than the townhouse. So. so that's a deal in my book. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Elon what you're getting for the money in this neighborhood... Um, and we've learned that t- single-family homes tend to appreciate a lot more, something we didn't know, something that now mm-hmm. we're taking very seriously, um, just because I think we could still probably be fine in a townhouse, but a single-family home does feel pretty good. So we um, you know, looked around, only had 15 minutes because they were back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back people looking at this house naturally. Um, the... Uh, conversation we had outside was basically hey we could put it in an offer and we were like Ooh, that's scary but we'll put it in an offer and just see this what is practice see what the experience is yeah. like so we did that and we put it in above the listing price which we've learned uh we've learned that the listing price is simply an invitation to bid that is not what the house <laughs> costs it's not what the house is worth it's simply a starting point as if you're in an auction Except it's a super secret, secret private auction where you're completely flying blind as to what anyone else in that auction is bidding. Totally blind. It's. I mean, there. If you want to try to find logic in this process, mm-hmm. good luck mm-hmm. because it's a whole bunch of nonsense of people guessing and people some gamesmanship between the real estate agents. Um, and the mortgage lenders, yeah, and the home buyers. It, it's a, yeah, it is. Okay, so to expand on that later. So we put it in a offer for above the listing price, and um, also come to find out <clears throat> that the agents know that there is a deadline. I never really expected that. It doesn't surprise me, but I never really expected that it would be like, okay, if you want to bid on this house, you got to bid by 12 on Monday. Um, mm-hmm. I just kind of thought that people talked and people figured it out. And no, it's straight up. It's, it's like it's an auction. We should add at this point. The silent auction. Yeah. So the <laughs> PS, this is after the house has been that on the market what two days it Mm -hmm. showed on saturday and sunday there were 50 showings in those two days and then the bids were due by noon on monday the end so if you happen to not look at your little real estate listing for a couple of days it's it's already gone that's how it works here so two days 50 showings we walked by it several times or nicholas did at least 
there's people in and out all weekend long. We know it's going to be really competitive. It's in a desirable neighborhood. It's a really well put together house for com- comparable to what we'd seen at that point. Bids are due at noon on Monday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we bid by noon on so Monday. We bid. And we and we first time out. We also bid on the townhouse that we liked, which was a full house less. Uh, but we didn't, uh, per Kim's suggestion, we didn't bid any higher than the listing price because she felt that was about the value of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so another another fine point here. Can you bid on more than one house at the same time? Absolutely. Sure, no you're not going to get them both. It's a, no. it's a. Sh- it's a, it's a lightning strike to get mm-hmm. two houses at the same time. It's so lightning competitive. Strike to get one house, it seems like. Mm-hmm. But no problem. You can get as many houses as you want. You can, as the buyer, you can back out at that point. No, no, no strings yeah, attached. Yeah, no problem. So that's kind of nice. Yeah, it's once you say yes, I suppose, when they say we accept your offer, you, mm-hmm. we, d- we haven't gotten this far. Spoiler alert. Um. But once they accept your offer, I guess at some point you lock uh, yourself in, but you can a, say no. There's a couple of outs still after that. There are, but, but you're, there's some kind of contractual little, thing. Yeah, it's a little, gets a little harder, right? Your commitment's a little more going on at that point. But yeah, you could get accepted. Like yeah, three can, different houses could say like, we want you to move in right now. Want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you're out if you want to be. So both of those bids were due the next day. We didn't get either. Actually, no, I take it back. We got a counter offer from both, which was how much more you got. Come back with your best offer. Which, which is again, a whole bunch of nonsense. <laughs> so let's remind, we have no idea what anyone else has offered on these properties. And it's just come back with your best offer. Well, I already gave what I thought was a really, 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 really good offer. It's it's and you have no idea where you are in the stack. It's like a band leaving for an encore. It's like a it's like a, a formality uh-huh. where you say what you want to pay for it, and they say, mm, "How about more?" And you're like, "How much more?" Nah, we'll 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 let you know if it's enough. You know, when a band leaves for an encore, you know they're coming back. When you put in an offer on a house, you know they're going to come back and say how much more you got. It's silly. Like, why can't we just put in an offer and call it good? But I guess that's how it works. Mm-hmm. So you tell them how much you got. They say how much more you got. You tell them how much more you got. And then they say whether or not you get the house. Mm-hmm. And so we did that. We played the game. Told them what we would pay for it. They said, mm, maybe you can pay a little more. <laughs> and we said, well, this is how much more. And they said no. That house went to a cash buyer. The, there were 11 offers. Right. There were 11 we were offers against 10 other, on the tile house. 10 other house. people or 11 other people. Either way. 11 people put in Double offers. Digits. Oh, right. We could people. have been. Right. Could have been 10 other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they said no to our counter and went with a cash buyer. And that's kind of something that we're learning that seems weird to me. But I guess these agents, the selling agent and the buying agent, like kind of talk to each other and like uh, give me a little inside scoop. Mm-hmm. And they'll like show their hand a little bit, not all of it. Um, but they do kind of have this backdoor like dealing, not mm-hmm. dealing, but like info exchange. Um, 
And so we were at least able to find out that it was a cash buyer. And then is that backdoor exchange reliable? Or is the selling agent always BSing you? Like, you don't know. Right. It could all be a game. Could just bump it all up? You, yeah, you don't know. Still don't know that answer. And, yeah, most likely, if they're smart, they are. Because it's there's no rules. Game. It's no. a freaking Wild no. West. And the more the bid is, they make more. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So dumb. <laughs> meanwhile the townhouse same thing how much more you got we said we don't have any more for that that's about what we'd be willing to pay i mean it's 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 a it's a it's a good place but you're talking about a million dollars and also you know note noting that a townhouse identical to that in that same complex sold for less Mm -hmm. this month Mm mm-hmm and so we weren't willing to go any higher. I think I think our final <laughs> breaking point on the willing to go higher or not was that our current bedroom furniture will not even fit in that bedroom. Right. It's smaller. Some some things are advantageous, but the spaces we would occupy with regularity It'd are be a smaller. step down yeah. than what we're used to, yeah. which ideally doesn't happen, but you know, it could but happen. We could, and we could be okay with it, but but we're not going to pay a premium for that. Yeah. I don't think. I mean, could eat those we'll words. See. We'll see. We'll give us three months of recording this weekly, and we are going to probably pay whatever we need to pay. But so that was the first weekend. So so the, the to ber- to break it down basically that first night of doing those offers and doing those counters. It was the counter offer night. Um, the counter offers were due the next day. We had a night to talk about it. We did a lot of math. We did a lot of like, well, what if I lose my job in September? It's currently February. What if I lose my job later this year? What if we're both out of work? How long can we last? We did those numbers and we found out that we could probably make it about a year, mm-hmm. which would be enough time. Eight months maybe it was. But if we were both out of work and we just rode it till the wheels fall off at zero, that would take about eight months. And we felt like, well, we could probably find something in that time. So it was a scary night, I think just psychologically at least for me to get through like this could happen tomorrow like they could come back and say yes and then we have to pay a ton of money every month for so long and down like you got to put hundreds of thousands of dollars down just like that and that could happen tomorrow yeah yeah it's a mind f yeah yeah and on the flip side Maybe nothing happens tomorrow. <laughs> and then it's like a Wisdom of Solomon moment of, oh, well, did we really want to do this? Do I are, feel happy? Are we going to feel that? better yeah. if they say no? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I think what what I found anyway is I didn't feel better when they said no. It would kind of was a bummer. Yeah. I was bummed too. I could breathe again, which was kind of nice. But I was I would say I was more bummed than relieved, but maybe. Maybe a little closely followed by, but I like, and you know, it's been what, two days Mm -hmm. since then. I'm still feeling more bummed than relieved. And we've been looking and looking and looking religiously since then. And I'm still feeling like that was, that's going to be hard to fit again. I think that might be hard to find again, but they all say you'll find your one. A comparable house, one bedroom less. A three that was a four bedroom. We're looking for at least three bedrooms. There was a three bedroom house almost just like this one that sold mm-hmm. last month. Same area, literally, probably right behind it. Outside though, 
No, I mean, they're all going to be different, but <sighs> something comparable yeah. sold for less. There'll be something else. Yeah. So there will be something else. And I think that for me, the ultimate thing was I was less relieved to hear a no. I think I would have been happier to hear a yes. And at the end of the day, that's the ultimate test. That's mm-hmm. like standing on the cliff. Yeah, yeah. And you either jump or you stay on. And I think I would have been happier jumping, you know, with the parachute than just standing there and looking down mm-hmm. and then walking back home. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I th- it was a good test. <laughs> I think I'm ready to jump with the parachute. Mm-hmm. I think we can, you know, I think we can safely make this thing. And, and it's certainly, you know, again, we're in our 40s. We have saved money our entire adult lives. We've not got into debt. And that may be something unrelatable to some folks that might listen to this is that we do not have any outstanding debts. I am not a credit card person. I'm not a debt person. I've paid off a student loan, car loans, but I've never gotten to credit card issues. And I'm, I'm always kind of just, my mantra has been, tell me what it costs and I'll tell you whether or not I can pay for it. And so that's apparently in our society not looked upon nicely to <laughs> be smart and live, lenders. according to me, be smart live within my means according to everybody else that's stupid and you're supposed to get in over your head and buy your way out or pretend like you might and then don't and then that's somehow okay mm-hmm. don't get me started on what that all means i'm sure it means something but to me it means nothing i've always just wanted to just get through life move through it without anybody barking on my back simple you like yeah simple. what's wrong with that You're like nothing Apparently, according to the banks, it's terrible. You're right. (laughs) But I just want to go. I just want to just don't bother me. Like, just let me just move through this, you know, 60 to 90 years. I have the money or I don't. Without any problems. Like, why is it going to be this stupid game of like, I'm going to pretend like I can't pay for it. Oh, no, actually, I can. (laughs) Oh, you're a good dude. You almost got us. Yep. So You're dumb. so responsible because you charged it, and then you almost and then you paid off, for it, and then you did. Yeah. Or if you're like me yeah. and you just pay for it, and you're 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 crazy. You got to pretend like you're not going to pay for it, and then pay for it that month. Yeah, whatever. So that makes me less reliable to buy a home. <laughs> so dumb. So that's where we're at. We're still looking at houses. We looked at a house today. Um, we're seeing what's, you know, I, I would consider this phase to be basically like a research phase mm-hmm. of what you can get for what price point. And today was like, I would call today a hybrid. Like it's a, a house you could move into, but could use some work, not a complete fixer where mm-hmm. you've got to fix it up before you move in. There are other houses like the tile house where it's just oh move in and live you're like good. you're on vacation yeah um and of course in the home industry that's not always the case and that's where you pay a premium for it you know other houses you pay a certain amount and then you pay up you know quite a bit more to turn it into that thing that you want so i think you end up paying for it either way yeah. one way might be cheaper but takes longer and time is money so that's all the same to me the um so the research phase is interesting you know some places are closer to what we like and obviously smaller some places are further away and bigger um 
single family homes have certain price points for certain amenities town homes are probably nicer and more updated right and cheaper Mm -hmm. um but don't appreciate as much over time and so that's another thing is you know when when we talk to this mortgage broker it's like oh you just buy a house for five years and then trade up and get another one it's like oh that sounds like a terrible game i'm not at all interested in playing but i guess that's how it's done i mean that's not a traditional like that's a must be kind of a new thing i think that's a city market thing i think that's what it is because in the big cities it is more reliable that the real estate is going to go up exponentially over a short period of time that's not the short game i don't think can be played in a lot of places i think it's a big city thing yeah. The real estate is just going up and up and up and up and up at all times. Sometimes it goes a little slower, but it's never going down. No. Maybe things are sitting on the market for two weeks instead of two days at its worst, but it's never going down. I'd it's rather, given, given everything, I'd rather move into a place where I can just sit and not have to worry about going through the rigmarole of moving in five years. Preferably. Well, but your choices are that place you can sit in for a longer period of time being a little more... A million and a quarter? Not Well, no. Just not being maybe as nice. Might be a little yeah. drab. Might be a little old. Might be some problems with it. Might be small. Might be... Tile house wasn't. Or on the other side, you play the short game... You're a lot less worried month to month. Mm-hmm. The place is probably newer, looking mm-hmm. more updated, looking more like you're not in an old house. <laughs> I mean, I think this the, goes back to my philosophy. Of just like, tell me. I think that's what we're trying to figure out. Like, which one of those? Which one of those situations are we going to? I think know? the reason why I'm I'm more into the house thing is it's just tell me how much it costs tell you whether or not I can pay for it and just move on with my life. I'm not looking to buy something that I can later trade up and get something. Like, I, 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 I don't like the steps. I don't like the timelines. <laughs> I just want to move and ha- yeah. own a house and be done with it and die. Hopefully far in the future, right? Well, you know what I mean? Like, just that's, this, yeah. that, that's the yeah. house. That's you don't want to worry anymore. But in the trade-up scenario... You know that every month to month to month to month to month when you're writing that check, you're not going to be as sweaty. There's an attraction to that. Sure. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, I mean, sure. There's there's a significant difference. Could be up to two grand a month difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe 1500 a month difference. Um, but I think living without the thought in my mind that I need to do a whole bunch of stuff to this house to make it uh, um, to make it uh, nice yeah um, what's the it's an easy word um, to, to make it um, attractive mm-hmm. I can't just live in this house I've got to walk on eggshells because this thing needs to be you know put on the market in five years. Hmm. I can't use this thing. This oh, thing needs to be a showroom. You can't ride it hard. In five okay. years. 
Interesting. Um, and so that's, you know. It's in the back of your mind. Okay. A little less comfortable. Interesting. I don't know. Uh, I I mean, I could totally be convinced, and I think this will be an interesting record to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, because... Because we go back and forth every, every week hour. might be different. Every hour might be different. So we could be in a we could be in a high crazy. rise condo in downtown LA by this we time next week. We could be in Santa Clarita by this time next week. Because don't think we haven't been looking. Don't get me started on <laughs> moving out to the desert and what the same amount of money can get you. I mean, like a pool that looks like a lazy river at a resort <laughs> for the same amount of money as Wait, a three bedroom, sixteen hundred right? square foot house by the beach. <laughs> what are we doing? No, we always go big. Yeah. Always be foolish. Maybe we'll go big and say we got our yeah. first email from a in law or from from a family <laughs> member saying this is not a good idea. <laughs> that's that's not exactly what it said. It just said realize there are no guarantees. Sure. Yeah. I read it. I read it as I read it as this is not a uh, this is not a moment for me to be supportive. This is a moment for me to say, hey, you might want to rethink what you're doing. That's how I took it. I don't think so. I don't think that. I mean, of course, it was a, it was nice, but it wasn't it wasn't a rah rah email. Yeah. I but think whatever. it was. I don't think that was the intent. I think the intent was just realize there are no guarantees in real estate. So, like, but don't, like, I don't know that. Like, what, what do I well, need to hear that for? Yeah. Because maybe you don't know that. Because we don't know what we're doing. Well, I, I know any investment is not a guarantee. Mm-hmm. I mean. If you give anybody your money, you're not necessarily going to get it back unless you get bailed out by the banks mm-hmm. or by the government, I should say, mm-hmm. which only happens to really rich people. Yeah, I'm I'm curious now, does everyone, <laughs> does everyone let their family members, extended family members in on every step of the process? Or are you better off maybe keeping that in the box in Pandora's box a little locked away? I think is another maybe lesson of the week. I'm not interested in sharing numbers with anybody. <laughs> I'm not interested in talking numbers with my mom. And, you know, I don't fall too far from the tree because my mom doesn't want to hear any numbers. Um, when I send my mom pictures, I don't send her a link to the listing i take screen grabs and just send the picture i don't want her to see the numbers and i i'm not telling anybody i work with i'm not telling you haven't told your best friend which i thought was interesting actually Mm -mm. explain that because we didn't talk about that actually because it's like it's like telling somebody something that you don't want any follow-up questions on two weeks later because it might go belly up Mm -hmm. like i just don't, don't i'm not interested in keeping you updated on this thing that might not happen mm-hmm. because then it's just going to be that much more depressing hmm. i'd rather just tell you hey i bought a house what i didn't know where you're looking well yeah we're looking hmm. i don't i, I don't want to go step by step with hmm. the whole thing because it is it is traumatizing and it is you know very scary and i don't want to go through all that extra questioning needlessly doesn't it help to talk about it sure i talk about it to my mom yeah I talk about it with you, and I talk about it with the world. <laughs> no one else that knows your face. Cool. Cool. Right. Mm-hmm. I've got a coworker. It's I mean, to give sense. you to give you an example of what it's like in the city, a coworker of mine who's at my level, same title, is moving in with his mom for a year to save up to buy a house in L.A. So that tells you what kind of numbers we're dealing with. Anyway. 
I think that's probably enough for our first episode. Uh, we'll see what happens over the course of the next week. Um, you know, maybe we'll kind of dial this in a little bit. Maybe we'll come up with a way to structure these conversations or we'll just keep it loosey goosey the way it is. But I think it'll be fun to follow along in real time. And so this is, we'll call it week one. Mm-hmm. I think it's technically been about a week and a half, but we'll call this week one of the house search in the ridiculously overpriced <laughs> neighborhood in which we live and uh hopefully we we'll should have, have a little fun title for that like the house melee in the south bay what is like that's not we don't want to tell anyone where we live though oh sorry that could be san francisco yeah actually no we said la but there's still lots of bays <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah we're we're in our 40s we're first time home buyers This is our first time at 40. I feel like we should give like a status at the end of every one of these. So like status week one, two offers in, two offers rejected. (laughs) And how are you feeling? Optimistic? Pessimistic? Uh, Are are you feeling any malaise? Fatigue? (laughs) Where where are you at and your emotions on this? Uh, Good question. Um... Last night I was feeling fatigued to the point that you were touring houses on the TV and I fell asleep. Today, <laughs> I'm, fe- I'm feeling optimistic. I mean, we made two offers in the first week out. I, that makes me feel optimistic. Yeah. yeah I, I, it's I, early. I, it's early. I also feel optimistic. I, I feel like, you know, we've, we told ourselves at the beginning this is probably going to be a time-consuming process, and I think it's turning out to be that. I think it will be that. But I still feel like, you know, it's not costing us anything. And it's something to talk about. We don't have a deadline. Maybe this will just be our new hobby for all of time. We don't know. <laughs> oh, well, we'll have to find a new agent. Yeah, there's so many agents. Kim can only take so much. <laughs> we have six months of Kim <laughs> if she's tired of us. Oh, that was another thing. They lock you into a contract, um, which you can get out of. Um, there are kind of clauses in there that let you get out of it but you do kind of get locked in with the real estate real estate agent at least we did maybe no, you're not supposed to do totally this nor- no that's definitely normal because they don't want to they're spending a lot of time on you they don't totally. want you to then all of a sudden bump into bob at the grocery store and he has a random property down the street and that's the one where she's spent five months carting your butts around at every house yeah yeah so that's that's definitely normal, but it's a it's like it you know it's an easy out. It's a fourteen day written clause. So if you decide that you have a different agent that you've met, or it's not working, or for whatever reason you give each other notice, it works both ways. Two weeks and then you're out. Right. There's no money that exchanges hands. It's just a gentleman's agreement. Good faith. I suppose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so far Kim's been great. And she's been, like I said, customer service, second to none, very responsive Mm -hmm. and very fast. Uh, So. And compliments that when we are telling her everything we're feeling at the end of a visit, she hasn't seemed in a hurry to leave, which I give her a lot of credit for. Well, she's got to know she's working with. Yep. That's all got to go into it. I would think that I would. I'm just saying you've probably been there so many times as a real estate agent, like. You know, she seems not in a hurry. She's there to listen. She's there to help. She's really good. Yeah. I Again, first time, don't know. I would like to think that that's the job, mm-hmm. especially in this market when everybody is worth about $30,000. Yep. 
And if you're juggling five $30,000 balls at a time, yep. you can put together a pretty good year. And if that requires getting in their heads to know what they want yep. and what they respond to and what you think they're going to like, like eventually I would like to think that she like, cause right now we're initiating everything. We're saying, we want to look at this one. We want to look at this one. I would like to think over time, she'll be like, I know what you guys want. This is the one. Mm -hmm. Tell me when you can go. And I'm kind of trying to build that mm -hmm. portfolio with her so she knows as much what we want as we do. Because mm -hmm. we're figuring it out. So she's seeing us figure it out in real time. Right. Yeah. And she see, I, if you ask me, it seems like she's very aware of that process. Yeah, I think so. So... Yep. She's letting us get there, I think. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's, you ask me, it's worth it. It's not that much time. I mean, how much time have we actually spent with her? Yeah, that's a good point. Five hours? Mm -hmm. Four? Mm -hmm. Low risk, high reward. Mm -hmm. In that job. Especially when the people come to you. Mm -hmm. You've worked that much less. Mm hmm. You know, you're not hounding anybody. You're not cold calling anybody. You're not like hustling. Mm -hmm. It's just money walking into the door. It's worth a couple mundane conversations about what they want. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, especially what they want for over a million dollars. It's got to be understandable that people are going to want to ask some questions and talk. So they're talking about. And know if there's a closet. Oh, that was a good learning. Yeah. We're digressing, but we realized in our. <laughs> always look at the closet crazy space. high bid high bid dream home that we got so excited about after we were obsessed with the outside we left and we didn't even know if there were closets <laughs> nope didn't nope. no idea what the closets looked like and that was freaking me out when we were talking about upping it our a, it was a bid. real issue that night Dude, what do the closets look like if I don't that know. doesn't have a walk-in closet we cannot move there for that much money no no I'm not giving them $1.3 million if they're not going to give me a closet. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. yeah. Give me a closet. <laughs> Most expensive closet I've ever seen. <laughs> and it wasn't even that great. No, it was just okay. But at least, at least it was more than a slider. You know what really hurt? Okay, mm -hmm. We're going long. We're going really long on up one, and we'll cut this short. We'll figure it out as we go, yeah. But here's what kills me. Mm -hmm. And, of course, again, like I was saying before, with, you know, the increments of money in, you know, point whatever is <laughs> 1.3 to 1.4 is $100,000. <laughs> but all you got to do is go one point up and then you're like skating, like beautiful homes. 1.4 is mm. just like where it's at. Yeah. Gorgeous, new, yeah. everything's done, no fixers, yep. views, it's space. Like the Mexican Riviera. Just beautiful. amazing yeah. stuff at 1.4. And that's like the one we can't, no, we can't <laughs> go there. Because it doesn't sell for 1.4, it sells for 1.6. Totally. Yeah. But even if it did sell for 1.4, mm, like if we someone. Could probably no. Figure that out. I know. I we, did the uh, math. Fake says we can. I did. No. <laughs> No. Uh, it's no. fine. We'll get we'll do something. <laughs> Not some, happening. We'll drive some movers, but I don't know. I mean I'd happily right I would happily submit an offer to every single one point four at one point four even just maybe to we'll see. Maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe we should try that. Oh, maybe that's our new strategy. Sight unseen. Yeah. If yeah, it's a one point four, strategy. put in an offer for one point four. Yeah. That's a great idea. Still, I think we would 
never ever 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 in our pants and also never ever but doesn't hurt all right so this is our first time at 40 and it's gonna be an interesting ride and maybe it will end up at nothing maybe we'll be doing this for a full year maybe it'll turn into a really fun discussion every week or uh well i don't know (laughs) maybe we won't have electricity after we move into our new home next week we don't know could be and then if we do this and you know maybe if people like listening then we'll do other things for our first time at 40 and it could turn into a it could be a whole empire of first times yeah yeah Mm -hmm. all right so this is up one this is the status two in two offers in Two offers rejected. <laughs> Sorry. I forgot hunt. our format was That's to end our with format. the status. I, I'm just insisting on okay. one formatical thing. Two two <laughs> offers in, two offers rejected. Are we? Gonna, is this going to be cumulative or are we just going to say what happened that week? No, that week. Okay. Yeah. That week. week one, two offers in, two offers rejected. Next week should be just as interesting and uh, hopefully. so interesting Hopefully. It's got to be if if you if you're in the same situation. Yeah. You probably need some therapy like we do. Sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh we need a uh oh. catchy sign off. Oh, okay. Um um hmm. 40 we're we're talking about our first time at 40. Yep. First time First time. <laughs> this is our first time. We'll see you next this time. This is our first time podcasting. <laughs> yeah, this is our first. It's true. <gasps> Connection. Thanks. Not only is it a first You're time welcome. looking for a home, first time podcasting. You're welcome. This is our first time. We'll see you next see you time. Next time.